morning, afternoon, or night, everyone. Welcome back to Life on the Vine. I'm Jackson, and I'm here with Dan. Hello. Also known as Hutch. Hello. And we'll refer to him as Hutch today. That will make it easier. Yes, it will, because we have a special guest that is with us in the Hannah C. Howard recording studio. My friend, Daniel. Hello. So, most of you, I would be really surprised if any listeners that are typical listeners know Daniel. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Why are you here? Sure. How, how did you get here? How did I get to Tulsa or we're here with you in all, front of all, you? All the things. Yeah. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> well, it started a long time ago. My parents loved each other. <laughs> um, who am I? So I am Daniel. I work in New York City. Um, I have, I kind of forget that there's a city and a state. I think when I was a kid, I used to think New York was New York City. That was yeah. the only thing there was. Now I know there's New York State and New York City. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I live in New York, and my family and I are there to uh, reach unreached people groups. Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, an unreached people group, if no one knows, um, I didn't know this until a couple of years ago, is a people group that has less, I think it's as defined by an organization called Joshua Project, but I think it's less than 2% evangelical mm-hmm. believing Christians. Okay. Yeah, so very small amount of people. So before we dive more into that, why don't you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit, um, if you don't mind, Yeah, tell please. us a little bit about your family, mm-hmm. and because uh, your wife's awesome too, so yes, we don't want to leave her out. She's just not here. So. <laughs> She's not. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a wife, Allison, and I have two kids, uh, Josiah and Bridger, and they're four and five. And um, Allison and I have been married for 10 years now, and uh, kind of both of us always felt really called to go somewhere and serve in some way that was uh, in ministry. Mm -hmm. We just didn't quite know what the end product looked like. I don't really know if we still know what the end product looks like, but right now we're in the middle of the product, Yeah, (laughs) whatever that means. But, um, yeah, we were from Stillwater, grew up at OSU, uh, or went to school at OSU. Actually, I could probably, that's probably accurate. We did grow up in you OSU. Grew up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you grew up in college a little bit, yeah. not that a much. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I'm still yeah, growing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and that's where you guys met? Yeah, that's, that's where, where we, we met. Yep, yep. That's where I met Jackson, correct. Yeah. Uh, he was a part of our house church and became the leader. It's a very... Um, leadership passing community every year you pass it on somebody else pretty much yep uh so i was the leader there allison was the leader at that house church and then we passed it on to jackson and some other mutual friends that we have Mm -hmm. and then uh now jackson's here i mean jackson obviously grew up like i don't know what i'm doing but jackson grew up and now he's out of church like (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know they they let me be with the middle schoolers (laughs) you know they don't let me teach adults (laughs) In the interview evaluation, like, hey, you know, Jackson, we can give middle school. We, we can, can find yeah. a spot yeah. for this guy. <laughs> he seems Your office right. will be in this closet. There's, uh, a, there's a big parking lot between you and the rest of the church. Right, it's fine. Right. <laughs> we'll get the distance. Uh, so we went there. I actually, uh, Allison's degree is in Spanish. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and my degree was in mechanical engineering, um, which is actually like a really large part of my story. It's like why yeah. I'm in New York. Well, uh, yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, yeah. Sure, love sure. to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so growing up in Ardmore, Oklahoma, uh, I went to a Baptist church, great Baptist church. Um, and it was, I'm trying to think of how missions was presented to us. I think my, the way I conceptualized missions mm-hmm. was missions was a unique way of serving people. Um, and almost always since it was short term mission trips, um, you know, the, the impact you can have is probably relatively minor. So I think in terms of planning, people usually do a project, right. a project-based short-term mission trip. Mm-hmm. So um, I happen to be good at math and science. Maybe. I think I was. Yeah. I passed with pretty good grades. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't try very hard. So They gave you an engineering certificate or license <laughs> or whatever that, that is, right? Just a degree, no license. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to be that crazy. Uh, but as a kid, I really liked those things. I knew that those could be applied to um, serving. Okay. And again, my con- my conceptualization of serving was building something, right? right? Yeah. Always building something, yeah. which is good. I think it's a great way to serve communities. Uh, but that was what I thought missions was. Mm. And um, so for me, I actually had a... I had two pastors at that church that went overseas when I was, I'll say 10, 10 or 11. They went to, the head pastor went to Russia and the Lee, uh, the, uh, the missions pastor went to China okay. and they both went at the same time. They both left for two weeks and they came back and presented a, uh, a, a real slideshow you guys remember that oh yeah like yeah. projectors yeah like the actual the like the slides and then yeah, the, like the, 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 the thing rotates the thing rotates yeah. oh my gosh i know yeah. right? so i remember that in the in, that, in yeah. the fellowship hall in this baptist church i remember seeing the slides and them talking about it and i just became so interested i'm like oh wow like other countries exist this is what life looks like in these countries this is what a meal looks like in these countries this is what language sounds like um, and it was just very like captivating for me. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, in my young mind, I thought, okay, well, I want to be an engineer and I want to go somewhere and do this. Mm. Um, now fast forward, uh, into college, mm-hmm. my junior year of college, um, we took, I, I think it was because I was. I think, uh, let's see here, if I'm, I'm being sheepish here. Um, I think I took this course probably because I wanted to learn more about it, but probably also because of a girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've all done that, I right? Would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yes, that's, we have, absolutely. A common, a no. common story. <laughs> uh, so there was a, it was Perspectives. Have you heard of Perspectives, either of you? FC knows. That's what I'm looking at. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. It sounds, so I don't know. Maybe. That's okay. Um, it's actually a, a course that you can get college credit from. 
Um, but it's also kind of like a, the way it was told to me was like a pre-missionary course hmm. uh, to understand more about like what what is cross-cultural evangelizing? Um, how do you share the gospel cross-culturally? And I took the course and my entire view of what missions was, was changed. Um, there, it's a, it's a wonderful course. I suggest honestly, every person that follows Jesus take this course. Take uh, a perspectives course. I really do. Okay. I mean, no. I think everybody should. I no. want to get my parents to do it someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they hear this, I'm sorry, mom and dad, but I'm going to put you on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, uh, yeah, I took that course. It's a it's a semester one course, and they they go through you know what's the Great Commission, what has what has missions looked like historically, what was the 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 goal and the purpose, and what was the result. Um, and one of the big things you come out with, the big takeaways is, wow, there are still people that don't know about Jesus, mm. and they don't have access to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about like people on islands. Yeah. Those are in existence. They're becoming fewer and fewer, but they're still out there. But more like people, there's cultures that don't embrace who Jesus is and they won't, um, that are very modern cultures. And so then that, that term actually unreached people groups that I mentioned in the beginning mm-hmm. was something that I had not heard of until that course. And it became very, uh, prevalent in my mind that, wow, there are so many of these people that exist in accessible places that I need to like reconfigure what I'm doing in my life to, okay. to meet yeah. that, to meet the great commission for these people. Like we're, you know, Jesus's final words to humanity was make disciples of all nations. And how do I fit in that picture? Uh, like we all, we should all consider how we fit in that picture. Right. And for me, um, you know, I had already committed, I won't say my money, my, my parents' money, committed three years into engineering school. So I wasn't yeah. going to like just rewire everything and say, well, okay, I'm now I'm changing degrees and going to seminary. So I continued with the engineering degree and, um, I, graduated with the engineering degree and I actually moved to China for two years after college uh, because I wanted a cross-cultural experience and I was actually really drawn to China because of my uh, the people that I went to at that Ardmore church yeah Yeah. that China was I actually I I both I wanted to go to both China and Russia because of that experience Mm -hmm. Um, Russia was too cold (laughs) <laughs> I love the languages of both countries. Yeah, um, they both sound so cool, and I just wanted to be able to speak one of them. And China was the one that kind of popped up uh, through a mutual friend that had a school that was recruiting at OSU for teachers. Mm-hmm. So we met with him once, and we signed on and said, "Yeah, we'll come for two years." Uh, and who's who's we at this point? We would be my brother. Um, my friend Caleb and my friend Grant. Okay. I don't know if you remember them or not. Well, well yeah. I remember your brother. Okay, but, of course. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you met. I don't Caleb know or Caleb or Grant. Yeah, uh, really, like foundational friendships. Those two guys. Um, 
what was the school or can you? Yeah, the school was uh, called Yantai. At that point in time, it was called Yantai International School. Okay. So in China, you um, you don't have the mixing of populations. China sanctions are schools, and only Chinese people are taught by Chinese people. Mm. And then everybody else who's an expat has to be taught by yeah. somebody else who's not Chinese. So the school that we worked at, although we were in China, we were teaching primarily South Koreans okay. and other like various international people. But I'd say like 80% of them were South Koreans. So, okay. Um, but living in China was just like a, it was such an eye-opening experience. Um, understanding what it's like to acquire language, understanding what it's like to see a culture that has no exposure to God. And, you know, I, I can't say the whole culture. Um, I can't paint that brush that broadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say the region I was in, most people were unaware of who God was. Okay. Um, unless they had been exposed, but there were a few people who were exposed. So it became this um, really weird experience when the I was in, we were trying to meet people who didn't know Jesus. That was like an intent of mine. Mm-hmm. Although I was a teacher, that required a lot of time. Um, if anybody knows teaching, you know, it's like an act of service, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not because you... Shout out to our teachers out there. Yes. yes. Thank you for what oh you do. Oh, my gosh. So that first year, I taught like, whatever, too many courses. Um, and I was basically just acting every day. I wasn't really teaching. I was just preparing the night before. Okay, can I memorize my lines for tomorrow? Yes, <laughs> I think I can. Um, but on the week, on Friday nights, we had a, a group that we were able to share the gospel with. And um, the first experience I had was sharing who God is to somebody who didn't know. And if you've ever done that before, have either of you done it before? Taught somebody who had no context of who God is? I have not. Okay. Just because of my little insulated bubble of pseudo-Christian culture no, in Oklahoma. No, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, that's that's normal. It's. I mean, I had to go to China to experience it, so yeah. don't, don't feel weird about that. Yeah, how uh, about you, Dan? Or Hutch, I should say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got to go to India when I was in college mm-hmm. for two months, and ooh, that's kind of what we were what yeah. we were doing yeah. so it was it was really interesting to do that in the context of they have a very strong conception of god but mm-hmm. very different obviously than the yeah, god of christianity yeah, yeah. and yeah, right. and uh, even a concept of jesus but a very different concept of yeah. what do, what do we mean when we say jesus so exactly that was that was um that, that'd be the primary one that jumps to mind mm-hmm. of having those ex- that sort of experience yeah it's a very strange um, you kind of have like, as you're sharing it, you have this like crisis of like, wait, does this make any sense at all? So you're telling this person, it's like, okay, like, okay, wait, wait, what's God? This, this is the person asking me, what's God? Like, oh God. Well, you know, um, God, he has existed. Oh, by the way, he's a he. I can't really explain why is he, but he's a he. Yeah. Uh, so he's been around forever. Uh, and he'll always exist forever. And, um, well, he created everything. Uh, he can do anything. He knows everything. Um, and then over time he had to come and rescue humanity. 
and, and by the way, he also exists in like three different ways, but not really three <laughs> different ways. They're kind of all the same. Uh, and one of them was a human, actually. And like, and then you just start thinking, like, and you're like, what in the world am I talking about? <laughs> Could this person even possibly like think I'm sane? And then you end up sharing something that sounds kind of stupid. And then they're kind of like, okay, well, cool. Thanks for telling me about that. <laughs> and then you go home and think, wow, like, do I even know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I had that experience. Well, I've had that experience before. <laughs> just teaching middle school. I was like, go home. I'm like, what was what that? Was I... <laughs> oh, man. That's very true. They shouldn't allow me to do this because I can't make a coherent thought about like who God is because this is bizarre. It's yes. kind of out there. Yeah. yeah. The look of like a second grader when I've tried to explain the Trinity, I've just gotten the look of you have no idea what you're talking yep. about. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was a really like, those were, those were pivotal moments. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that I was able to experience that. Um, and just living in a culture that uh, actually was really receptive to who God was because they didn't have past woundings mm -hmm. from a religious establishment. Mm -hmm. They were kind of a blank slate. And, um, you know, once you get past the awkwardness of trying to share who God is, uh, they're very, they, they want that. They want that. They want what Christ offers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're really, yeah, there's just so, so much fewer uh, barriers yeah. between them, like pre-existent barriers between them and Jesus when people really like come to faith. Well, uh, I think that that's a, like a really powerful observation because I think that we have become desensitized to, to, the longing of the soul, you know, like mm. in the, I think we intellectually know that all of these desires that are in us are, are really drawing us towards God mm -hmm. and we want to know God, but we just have so many jumbled up mi mixed messages mm. of totally. who God is that that gets in the way. And then we yeah. have woundings from the church yeah. and we have, woundings from family yeah yeah well-meaning grandparents or yeah, like you know yeah, whoever yeah. Um, yeah tradition tradition mm -hmm. yep. um just culture at large and how uh culture interacts with religion or doesn't interact with religion mm -hmm. just this, this i don't know this gumbo pot of just stuff yeah and really i think that some of the hesitation for people to share with others about christ mm -hmm. we f we forget that god is drawing people to himself mm -hmm. and and yeah. that there is this longing in each and every heart each and every soul however you want to paint that right mm -hmm. that is searching for god yep. and for who he is um and if we can you know, shine a little light on that right there. Yep. Then that gives space for the Holy Spirit to work. So yeah. Um, that's really cool. That I now I need to go share with somebody who has no context. <laughs> it does help you. Yeah. It helps you really formalize what you want to say. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I know so, I kind of went on and on there for a no, 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 uh, no. That's, that's fine. I uh, well, just interjected. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and, and this may be taking you to 
a little further down the line to, to where you are now. But yeah, that's I'm, I'm saying. Super, I, I want to get well, there, just, but I, I don't want to talk but, forever. So I'm just super curious, though, that that having that as the maybe introductory experience, mm-hmm. yeah, would that be fair to, mm-hmm. to just, sort of sharing the gospel? Absolutely. Now you find yourself in in New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious sort of who would be in the in the group of that Unreached People groups yep. in the context of New York, but also what have what have been what have you learned like what are the differences in sharing the gospel here versus that kind of first experience in in china or mm-hmm. and what are some of the the barriers that are in place for someone that doesn't have sort of that clean slate as you said wow um there's a lot of stuff in that no, that's a really good question wherever you want to take that really long questions that have no. about eight questions i know it, you know no, 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 no. I can I, like, I, I, like I can I said. can teach when I'm working with small group leaders. I'm like, you want you know, no more than twelve words. It's got to be open ended and it's got to be like precisely the way answer it. Do I follow my own advice? No, of course not. Join the club, Dan. Okay, um, that's good. I was thinking about what I was going to say of, next. Yeah, first experience to where you are now and yeah, differences so, in sharing the gospel. Yeah, so much different. Um, it, it's there's similarities but much different. So you know, one of the things that actually I didn't say this earlier, but transformed that was transformative about taking that perspectives class was I realized missions is not a project missions is Mm. not a building construction Mm. missions is finding a way to connect somebody to Jesus Mm. Um, and that's the goal of anybody that should be sharing the gospel can you say that one more time I think that's yeah yeah, mission... some, some of our Mr. listeners might have been driving, and you know, a car might have passed them, and then they they didn't hear that definition. So I think I think sure, yeah, that's mi- worth saying again. Yeah, missions is not a project. Missions is not a um, like a building something for yeah. somebody or yeah. serving somebody in like a in that effort. Missions is connecting somebody to Jesus mm-hmm. and finding how to make that connection, um, which actually is since I've been in New York and we meet people from it's not a homogenous society there's a lot of different people groups yeah. that's why we moved there actually that was I won't go into that story that was a long story um but we ended up choosing New York because of the variety that are available mm. and instead of going to their country and going through all the hurdles of language acquisition mm. learning new culture we kind of bypassed all that mm. and moved to New York where we can speak English. Uh, we can live in a culture that I'm familiar with, although I will say New York is a whole different world. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I wasn't prepared for that. I naively, I think I should say, I, I don't know if Allison was as naive as I am, but I was hoping that it would be like, Oh, this would be a breeze. Just move to New York. I'm done. I'm in America. I get it. Yeah. No, <laughs> not anywhere close. Different um, than Stillwater. Yeah, <laughs> different still are different than OKC, different than China. Like yeah. it was just like, oh wow. Um, but we moved there because the access was there, and we can mm. still reach these people. They're still unreached, even though they're yeah. in America. They're still yeah. unreached, um, and they have the ability to go back to their country and share. Mm. Um, so, since I've been there, and so this is our this we're in our third year. We'll begin our fourth year in July. Um, it's been a really uh, long process to learn what it is. What are the what are the connections? How do mm. I find the connection that this person needs mm. to Jesus? And um, what I'm 
and still in the process of learning and that kind of relearning. We were trained the first year we were there, uh, but I think I kind of gravitated towards like towards back towards what I'm used to doing and sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I had to relearn it recently, um, but making a connection of what you know what redemptive part of Jesus is this person in need of hmm. and finding that out through just talking to them. Hmm. What about Jesus is going to redeem something that they need? So and I'm going to jump in and please, interrupt you there. Please expand on that a little bit uh-huh. more because from, from my perspective mm-hmm. and maybe some of our listeners perspective, it's kind of like, well, um, they just need Jesus redemption in general. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you mean by what piece of yep um, of Jesus do they or the gospel do they need to redeem or redeeming peace? That's great. Yep. Um, well, I would say it's 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 a lot. Okay. There's a lot of variety, but if you were to put it into three, and I haven't done this. This is not Daniel. This is like from people smarter and wiser than <laughs> I am who have defined these things. But generally speaking, there's three different paradigms for how people interact with God. It's going to be you live in a paradigm of guilt and innocence. You live in a paradigm of honor and shame. Or you live in a paradigm of fear and power. And the redemption of Jesus that he provides you is you were in guilt, but now you're declared innocent. You were living in shame but now you've been bestowed honor or you were in fear, but now you're given power over that fear. And each culture has a mixture of all three, mm-hmm. but there is a, each culture also has a, a one is the heaviest, okay, right? The heaviest mm-hmm. need. Um, and finding out and me learning that my silver bullet always was guilt and innocence. You have sin, and you are guilty because of your sin. And if you stand in front of God the judge, I should say Christ the judge, <laughs> yeah. you um, you need someone to make you innocent, and you actually can't. And so you have to have someone do it for you, who is Jesus. Um, so that's been my silver bullet my whole life. And what I've come to realize is that that's not the silver bullet. Um, people who exist in, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm covered in shame. My culture shames me because of, you know, maybe an, an act of sin, or maybe because I'm in a lower caste, or maybe because my, you know, there's been infidelity in my family or, you know, that it's a shame that's felt across the family, Mm -hmm. not individually. It's felt individually. But it's because of the family. Um, That person doesn't need to know that he's innocent. What they need to know is that Jesus gives them honor, that their culture won't give them. Hmm. Um, Or you have somebody who is imprisoned in fear and feels like they need to find something that will release them from fear. And again, that, you know, it could be, it could be addiction. I mean, addiction has shame too, but um, it could be just spiritual oppression, like demonic oppression, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Living in that fear of those things, 
is very powerful. And the only way to overcome the fear is to have something more powerful. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus, by the avenue of the Holy Spirit, gives you the power to get out of the fear. So Mm -hmm. these people are in something wanting the other side of the fence. Okay. Um, But if I were to hand a person in fear and say, hey, guess what? You're, you're innocent because of Jesus's sacrifice. Yeah, true that, statement. It yeah. is true, yeah. and it's powerful, but that's not the redemptive path mm. for them to say, oh, wow, there's a different life. Like, if I handed them that, it wouldn't resonate. Yeah, mm. I shouldn't say it wouldn't. It The impact is so much less yeah. than saying, oh, wow, like, the Holy Spirit gives me p- fear, uh, power? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of fear? But yeah, the Holy Spirit gives me power over this thing that's enslaving me mm-hmm. or that I'm enslaved by. And it's so much different. The way that you share the gospel of who Jesus is mm-hmm. is completely transformed by understanding what they need to connect with. What is the bridge that they need? And it's not always being declared innocent. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um I that answer your question, Hutch? Yeah, no, that that's okay. Yeah, that's that's great. I just what we've talked a little bit about this before. Mm-hmm. Um and what it's done for me, it's changed how I've uh I went back and read through through Matthew and it's changed how I've even just looked at scripture. Because it's like mm-hmm. all of that is riddled in there, yet I tend towards the scripture passages that reinforce the idea that I am now innocent where I was guilty. And that's kind of like what I emphasize on Mm -hmm. when it's like, honestly, I think the majority of Matthew is, is um, actually dealing with more of shame and honor Mm -hmm. is kind of what I found was like, Oh, this, there's a lot more language in here that is is an honor based language. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's still like this innocence yeah. um, uh, lens that we can of we course. can put on here. Of course, yeah. and then you get into you know, a lot of demonic casting out uh-huh. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so now you have power where yes. there yeah. was no power before. Yeah, you have all three. Or you have they're all yeah, three. They're there. all there. Totally. And so it's just it's not that we're you're you're not sharing. Um, three different gospels nope. you know you're yeah. not even yeah. really sharing three different angles of it it's just it's all there and you're just emphasizing one over the mm-hmm. other totally and yeah. depending on what is valuable to that person to the listen yeah. to the person receiving this to yeah. the listener i guess air quotes listener yeah, yeah. i love uh, i love this yeah it, i mean two things that popped immediately in mind as you were talking one is particularly the Old Testament, but how often, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom mm-hmm. is this constant refrain of yes, who is the one, that, yeah. yeah, who is the one you're supposed to, in other words, who has the most authority, right? Yeah. Who has the most power? Uh, and then this past Sunday, our confession of faith, faith was the question one of the Heidelberg Catechism, okay. which the is what is your only comfort in life and death that I belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ? Mm. And then goes on to, he has fully paid for all my sins. Mm-hmm. So there's the guilt, innocence, but it begins with comfort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in in that time period, it's addressing people who are afraid of demons and afraid of mm. spiritual forces and powers no and, and even afraid of 
the sort of a, a vengeful, wrathful God and the sort of this reminder that no, God is on your side and these demonic forces and these spirits and don't actually have authority. Like yeah. Christ has authority. Right. And, and so you see even that woven into some of our documents that you might think of as more like, well, Reformation is guilt, guilt, innocence. You know, that's well, kind of how we think it, of it. it, but, it, it but, it's, but it is, but there's also, yeah. there's more to it even in, in that that we can miss sometimes. For so, sure. Yeah, well, I love I, that. I feel like, uh, I, I don't want to say this too factually, but I, if you go back and look at like Reformation theology, you're going to see a heavy, yeah, heavy absolutely. thing of guilt innocence. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, substitutionary atonement, mm-hmm. all that stuff is really like what you as somebody sharing the gospel taught these things. That's what you want to get to. Yeah. It's like, oh, like Jesus is your substance. Like he is. Yeah. Um, but I just, it's it's been hard for me. Like, that's why I was mentioning a while ago. Like mm-hmm. I gravitate back to that, and I have these conversations where we we navigate through lots of topics, but then we get to a moment where I can share something about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why I, I still go to. I still pull yeah. that gun out. Like, yeah, here's my silver bullet. Here's a chance. <laughs> and I say it, and I see their face, and they're kind of like, well, you know, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Or that that doesn't that doesn't work. Yeah. And what I've actually began to understand uh, from my own life and how I'm like, my kids are four and five. You know, mm. I'm, I'm sharing the gospel with them every day. We read the Bible and I'm talking about like, what, yeah. what is, who is Jesus? Why does he matter? Yeah. Uh, what's the Holy Spirit? How do we, how is he useful? Um, so I've been trying to really give them all three lenses mm. so that they see a holistic view of yeah. what, like what the redemptive power of Jesus is. Yeah. Out of both those, I, feel, like those. Also, I, mean, okay. I just hear a lot of, well, I mean, lis- listening sounds like is a huge part of yes, trying to is. figure out where people are at and just humility too. I mean, I think it's easy to come with, this is like you said, this is the silver bullet and this is what you need to understand. And, and yeah. here it is. And I mean, you're, you're inviting us into a more humble posture of sort of we need to be taught what it is that you even need to hear i mean there's there's a very different mindset there that i've come and i'm bringing the gospel and here it is and you're sort of i think models let's let's listen let's hear and and then how can we again that what is the the need of this person and how do we connect that to jesus yeah Um, which i i I, yeah i love i love that i love that invitation well it's taken uh you know, like I said, I'm still in the process of learning it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I appreciate you said that. I sometimes I'm not humble. It's only humble after the fact. Like, why did that conversation not go anywhere? I had a talk with a guy. It, let's say it was like six months ago. Uh, a Muslim guy. He's lived in New York his whole life, mm-hmm. so he's second generation Muslim, uh, second generation immigrant. Yeah. So he'd lived here whole life, born in Brooklyn, raised in Brooklyn, um, and we had this really long talk about sin um, and sin to a Muslim is very different than the sin that we think of Mm -hmm. as a Christian. I say it's very different because um, we view sin as an eternal separation between God and man Mm -hmm. and participating in sin is to say that, I want that separation. Hmm. That, that's what we are doing. We're, we're, we're not wanting to submit to God. We want to submit yeah. to this 
temporal thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. sin. Um, so for them, you can cover sin. You can cover sin with a deed. Hmm. It's good deeds versus bad deeds. In fact, in their in their in the Quran, it's written that um, you have two angels that are always on you. One on your right soldier and left and left uh, shoulder. Sorry, not soldier. <laughs> uh, but it's like those cartoons where you have like the devil mm-hmm. and the angel. Yeah. It's the same, kind of the same thing. But you have two angels that are there and they are recording your deeds, hmm. every deed you do. And on judgment day, your books are weighed and whichever one weighs more is what you are. Hmm. Um, so oh. for them... And they, I've even been told it's it's basically like an economy. Like mm-hmm. Your economy with God is your deeds. So if you do a bad deed, well, you cover it with a good deed. That's how it is. You replace, so you, you're, you're adding weight to the other book, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for, for me to talk about sin and guilt mm-hmm. and the necessity of innocence, to him, it doesn't make sense. No matter how many times I could talk to him about that. That's not what he wants. He thinks, and that, that can be transformed by mm-hmm. the spirit, mm-hmm. but his perspective is I already like between me and God, I have this under control. Now he doesn't obviously, mm-hmm. but he's like, I can, you know, I can do these things. I can give alms. I can pray. I can, whatever it is that c- creates these good deeds. So when it came to me sharing about Jesus and believing in Jesus Mm -hmm. um, and how Jesus takes away the former sins and your current sins and your future sins, and they're all written away. And now they're, and now he's interposed in front of you when it comes to judgment time and God sees Jesus, right? The great like judicial court imagery Mm -hmm. that we always have from the innocence paradigm was, oh Uh yes, like, the judge is there, but he just sees Jesus, not you. It's beautiful, but for my friend um, to say that was like, it, it made me so sad because we had this long, like, three-hour conversation mm. in the cold <laughs> outside because <laughs> it's COVID. And you can't go anywhere in New York to so stay outside. So um, we had this long conversation, and it came down to me sharing about, like, okay, Jesus forgives all these things. And so his first question is, great, so you believe in Jesus, he takes away everything, now what do you do? What's your life now? And my life, and all I could say was, well, now you just obey Jesus. Now you follow Jesus. Now your life is with him. Hmm. And for him, that was, he said, wow, I'm so happy we had this conversation. This actually makes me love the Quran more. And in my life, in my mind, I was just like, what? How? How did we just talk about this? And now you love the Quran more. Hmm. But he, he couldn't explain it. And what I went home and realized after a couple of weeks, just like unpacking that conversation, like how do we, how do you end up there? Hmm. Um, it's because what he wants is honor. Hmm. And honor in his paradigm comes through obedience which is still the same. I can still pass off that same thing. Obedience translates all the way across mm-hmm. any one of them. But um, he wants to acquire more honor and to have that me- mechanic of like, I'm not getting more honor. 
I'm just following Jesus now. It didn't resonate with him. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. Had I told him something from a, a, a mind, a, a frame of honor, it might have resonated more. But I just gave him like, hey, you're innocent. And now in your innocence, you can just have life with Jesus. But I didn't say like, you're actually becoming more honorable. Mm. Uh, because guilt and innocence is pretty binary. Like you are yeah. guilty and boom, you're innocent. Yeah. There's no there's no further progression. You can't mm. become more innocent. Yeah, you can't become innocent. more innocent. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, for sure. And so for him, I think he was just like, oh, thank goodness the Quran, like, we can keep doing things and get better Hmm. and, and be able to compare myself to somebody else and know that like I've done more than them. Yeah. That Hmm. makes sense. Oh, that totally makes sense because honestly, our middle schoolers don't follow the Quran, but they like have that mentality. We have have that um, mentality of, I just got to stack up more good deeds, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, nobody here has ever told you that but it's like that is just what's in our brains is stack up more good deeds than my my sinful acts and maybe my sinful acts way more than my good deeds but i can i can acquire more good deeds to to balance out the Mm -hmm. bad that i've done and as long as i'm 51 percent good Mm -hmm. or better than 51 of percent of the people in the world which why that is the you know, it's just because it's more than half, yeah. then we're good to yeah. go, yeah. you know? And Jesus loves me because I've done more good than bad. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, so well, that. Jesus, Jesus has seen that I've attempted to do more good and yeah. God's a good guy. And he's like, ah, I knew you were trying. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know necessarily that, uh, that honor and shame will resonate more with them. It, it, but, um, yeah, that 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 story hits home. Yeah, like, that there's lots of different things that can, uh, different ways that we can we can present the gospel as clearly as we think. It's crystal clear. This mm-hmm. is it, and it's like they walk away with something completely different. Yeah, I love the Quran more. Like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a little different, but. I'm curious, and I think we, we'd love to hear some of your encouragement for folks in our congregation mm-hmm. in terms of sharing the gospel and mm-hmm. such. But how do you process and step into an experience like that? Mm-hmm. And what, it, I mean, if someone in our audience has maybe had a similar experience of trying to share and feeling yeah. like that did not go the way that I wanted it to, yeah. therefore sharing the gospel is not my spiritual gift. Therefore I'll leave it to professionals. And what, what might you, uh, I don't, do you have any advice or, um, mm. just f- for someone who, yeah. Or if someone tries, tries to share the gospel and then has a similar experience, like how do you process that? How do you sure. kind of move forward? That's a really good question. Um, yeah, again, your questions are hard. Actually, no, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what all you just said. There's so many words in there. Sorry. Well beyond 12 words. That was well beyond 12 words. <laughs> Um, so I will say that that was a probably being taught so many different types of tools when we first moved there in our training of what to do, how to share, 
what are some good ways? Um, I think for with the first year we were, Alice and I both were really kind of just thrown for a loop. Mm. Like, I don't even know how to do all these things. I'll have to like, learn all these things. That's not true. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can say is what one thing that these, that learning about these different paradigms has helped me is to not assume that somebody is not receptive mm. based on what I've shared. Mm. Um, you know, had I, had I heard this conversation with my friend, I would have assumed, oh, he's just not ready to hear the gospel. Mm. You know, he didn't accept the fact that Jesus purchased him and is now innocent. Yeah. So he's not ready for it. What it, knowing that there's different ways and different redemptive parts that cultures are drawn to about Jesus. Mm. Now I go back to the drawing board and say, oh, okay, like that didn't make sense to him. That mm. wasn't a lens that he lives in. Mm. And how do I go back and incorporate new things in the mm. way I shared him? I can't just go back That's and really say, yeah. well, I got to find a way to talk about substitutionary atonement with yeah. this guy again. How do I get back in that conversation? And maybe yeah. he'll change next time, or yeah. maybe he'll change a month from now. No, maybe he might not for a while. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe only after the Spirit like has opened his heart mm. and he's accepted Jesus through a different uh, lens, mm. then he'll understand this key aspect of Jesus. Yeah, but it might not be until after the fact. Until I was on the other side of the fence. Yeah. You know, as a follower of Jesus, then the like weight of his sin will make more sense. Mm. But right now, the weight of his sin is not an, a weight that he feels guilty of. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, what I should say is... That's, that's great. Yeah. What that really help, helps me to do is to know that just because someone hasn't been receptive, it doesn't mean they're not. Mm. It just means let's rework what we say. Maybe there's something, since Jesus offers many things, he offers power, he offers honor, and he offers innocence. Those are at least three things he offers, yeah, right? Yeah. There's plenty of other things. But yeah. what about Jesus can this person connect with hmm. and go back to the drawing board? I love it, yeah. And, and you can also think about that in terms of what I share, but also what stories about Jesus am I going to share? Hmm. You know, if this person is in fear sharing healing stories with them or where he rids people of oppression, mm. those are going to be so much more powerful than maybe even talking about the crucifixion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though crucifixion yeah. is like the absolutely most important thing <laughs> to, to lead off with that yeah. might not be your first step. Yeah. Or for somebody in shame and honor um, paradigm, you know, a really amazing first step would be Luke 15. Mm. Like, oh man, mm. like the, the prodigal son. Mm. Yeah. Welcome back. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting choked up here. But yeah, it's like, yeah, that person is going to connect so strongly with that mm. idea. Sorry. Um, as opposed to saying like, oh yeah, you have sin. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're yeah. wrapped in sin and you're, you're just, you're done for. You need yeah. someone to rescue you. Yeah. But sharing that Luke 15 story for them is like, oh wow. I get a new place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so just thinking about like what, you know, if someone doesn't receive it, that's okay. 
there's other things about Jesus that you can go to yeah. that actually might be really more powerful hmm. for them to hear. Oh, that's so good. So I want to take a step back from that. Mm-hmm. And what encouragement might you give people to do what you do as far as maybe not go move to New York City and yeah. um, reach out to unpeople groups, which if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of that, you know, that might be something that you want to explore. Yeah, please do. Um, but as far as just, you know, walking through the city, like how do, how do you meet these people? How mm-hmm. do you start that conversation? Because yep. I, think, I think that that's a big hang up too is like practically – you know, how do I insert Jesus in this mm-hmm. conversation? How do I... That's really good. And and even a step further back from that, is that something that they should do, if that makes sense? Is what something they should do? Clarify that, Jackson. I'm sorry. I'm going to make you do it. Repeat yourself. Yes. Is <laughs> sharing Jesus with other people something they yes. should do? Okay. I was thinking just, to myself, is he really just asked me that question? Is, yes. something, is that something that... Yes, they should share Jesus. Uh, sorry. No, no, that's, okay. that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You should share Jesus. Um, I'll give you an example. This okay. happened just on Saturday. Okay. I came on the airplane. I got here at 2 PM in Oklahoma city and I was hoping to meet with friends that night. Didn't happen. They didn't respond back until later. They both couldn't do Sounds it. Sounds like me. Yeah. Right. Sorry. No, shush. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> So I was sitting there um, at at Scissor Tail Park in Oklahoma City, and uh, I was like, "Well, okay, now what am I gonna do? I'm here. I don't have any like all my friends that I wasn't hanging out with can't hang out with me, so I'm just like alone. This stinks. <laughs> I'm gonna go do something else." So I walked around, uh, and there happened to be this uh, a Pakistani festival like across the park. I heard the music. I heard the like the cool vibe. Like, oh yeah, I know that music. That sounds familiar. So I walked over there. Um, smelled the food. That actually probably what drew me. The first, the first was music. Then the food. Like, oh yes, the food. I want that food. <laughs> uh, so I walked around and I was kind of like, well, you know, I might as well just hang out and talk to somebody. Um, now this is probably not something that everybody does. So I'm not gonna give you this like really unique thing that people don't do very often. <laughs> but um, what I will say was I walked through, bought some food. I couldn't hear myself over the music in most places. So I found this these two women in the back that were making desserts. I was like, well, I'll just go talk to them. Um, and the first question I asked them, where are you from? Uh, how long have you been? And that was, you know, that was the intro to like a two and a half hour conversation that I had with them. Wow. Um, and something that we're probably not used to here in the States that I've, I kind of learned how to do from living in New York is um, being okay with a lot of interruptions in your conversation. Okay. Hmm. That's, a, that's a thing that other cultures don't seem to care about. Hmm. But that's not you're asking for accessible things, yeah. so whatever, don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> so yeah, I say two and a half hours, but like let's say an hour that was just like people coming and buying desserts and me just not talking and waiting for them to be open again and just continuing the conversation. Yeah. But they're okay with that. So anyway, doesn't matter about that. Just imagine yourself in front of somebody. Ask them who they are. Tell I asked them their story. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, you're from, they were from Tunisia. Both of them were from Tunisia. Oh, you're from Tunisia. Wow. How long have you been here for? Um, why'd you move? Did you have family? Family's a big deal. Always ask about family. Hmm. That's a huge like component of their life. Yeah, I had family. I've uh, been divorced a couple times. My husband, whatever. Lots of sad stories. But yeah. um, And just kind of pressing into those things hmm. that they're ready to tell you about. So if I would say any advice to people who say, I don't know how to get in that conversation. I don't know how to um, start that. I'd say the easiest thing to say is ask them, maybe not say like, tell me your story, but ask them story questions. Mm. Like, Where are you from? What have you done? Why did you do that? Um, and hearing their story allows you to share your story mm. because, you know, based on what you can see their vulnerability is and the transparency, I wouldn't say you should, um, reciprocate mm -hmm. in proportion to their transparency. I would say you would reciprocate with like full transparency of who you are. And that can always be a way that you share, you know, this is what I've seen Jesus do in my life. That's really cool. That, oh, that's sad. That's happened to you. You know, maybe you don't have a similar experience that you can say like, Oh, I've, you know, my wife divorced me or yeah. <laughs> whatever. maybe you can't say that, but you can say, Oh, that's so, I'm so sorry yeah. that that's the case that that happened to you. Um, how did you get out of that? Or how did you, how were you rescued from that? Um, and maybe they might have no answer. They might say, oh, I'm still in it. Mm. And then that's another way you can introduce like what Jesus can offer. Mm. What's he done for you life? So like, it's always good to have a prepared thought in your mind of like what you can share mm. to people. But um, I would say, just start in the conversation with story questions. What's your story? And then you can share your story to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really easy to, to, to jump into that. And that can be a long conversation. It could be short. Yeah. No, I think that's super helpful. And Th that make that and th and those questions yeah. are, okay. yeah, yeah. I think th those are appro approachable uh -huh. questions. I, I think maybe when people think about it, they think I got to, you know, go thump someone with the Bible and say, "Hey, have you heard about Jesus?" Um, that's, you, know, you got Romans Road. You got prepared. Romans Road. You got a notepad so you can draw but, out, you know, the chasm yeah. and the cross laying across the chasm. There's nothing wrong with Romans Road. Nope. It's yeah. a great tool. Absolutely. But, but I also, yeah, uh, no, I also love uh, here at the church. We've been having an emphasis on stories. So our mm -hmm. staff chapels on Tuesdays, people have been sharing their stories, and then it. Our session meetings, our elder governing board um, elders have been sharing a little bit of their story and statement of faith. And mm -hmm. one of the encouragements that our senior pastor, Dr. Uh, Miller, has been encouraging is just for people to write down maybe a 600-word testimony of faith sort of thing. That's really good. And uh, just to have to have something, like you said, maybe ready to mind of that you could, in the context of hearing someone else's story, to be able to share and to have to be aware of in your own life, what has God done and mm -hmm. what, what might I share with someone that might, that might resonate, um, could be a, a, a practice to kind of help prepare yourself for, for a conversation like that. Um, so, something we were, I'm happy he mentioned 600 words, something we were taught first, we, 
when we first did our training, we were told to like write down our entire story, um, which is going to have different victories that mm. Jesus has provided. Yeah. Um, and within that long story, then you can segment it into, oh, here's how the Spirit uh, like released me from addiction. Mm. Here's how the Spirit, or here's how Jesus like communicated value to me. Here's why... I feel accepted in his family, but they're all different things. Um, but then we were taught to do it in 30 seconds to share a mm. 30 second, what they were called a 30 second transformational story and to have several of those, not one, yeah, several, like what's a 30 second transformational story that you can share with somebody mm. because 30 seconds sometimes is all you have in New York. Yeah. Uh, on the subway. Yeah. Between stops. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's that's a that was probably the most powerful tool that I was taught. Honestly, it was like the thirty second transformational story, as opposed that's to uh, what do we normally call it? like our, our testimony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like when I think of testimony, I think of like oh my whole life story. Yeah. yeah. How do I nail that down? So the thirty second transformational story is that's good. The the um, the structure of it is life before Jesus, how I met Jesus, life after Jesus, hmm. and you can break anything in your life any event in your life yeah of a victory that jesus provided like mm. uh, you know i was like for my life like oh man like i i had an addiction to pornography mm. for like a decade of my life uh but when i met jesus i i realized like this person removed that from me mm. and now with jesus i have this power through the spirit to overcome this yeah uh this like addiction and that's, you know, I just heard that in 10 seconds right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, to that person, that could be huge. Yeah. It could be nothing. It could, could be huge. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you kind of just, we, we got to start wrapping up, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to end with uh, one more question. You've kind of given us some tools and you've given us some, uh, uh, even some references, you know, talking mm-hmm. about a perspectives class. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, are, do you have any other sort of, we have lots of readers out there and okay. stuff. So do you have any other um, like references or things that have been impactful that you've, you've read or that you've digested mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. have, have, that our, our listeners can go out and maybe For uh, sure. find those references to yep. uh, embolden them and their Absolutely. Uh, seeking to share Jesus with others? Yeah. Um, there's probably three books that okay. I've really enjoyed. Um, I'd say the most pivotal one would be something called the 3D Gospel. The 3D Gospel? The 3D okay. Gospel okay. that is um, written by a guy named Jason George, Georges, G-E-O-R-G-E-S. That could be pronounced differently because he's okay. like Latin American, so it could be like Jorge or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and he also wrote a subsequent book. The 3D Gospel talks about the three different paradigms. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the different dynamics. It's only 70 pages. Oh, so like nice. any human should read that. Yeah. Any Christian should read that. Yeah. Um, that was huge. The He then wrote a subsequent book called Ministering in Honor-Shame Cultures. And that's just focusing on what are valuable to honor-shame cultures. Okay. And how do you meet them with the gospel. That one's really good. Um, a little bit longer. Um, and then another one that does probably all three paradigms 
but more fleshed out mm-hmm. would be one called the, the messenger, the message, and the community. Roland Mueller, I think, is the author of that. I'm sorry, I was, no, I was no, thinking no. that before. Like, you know, I should say that book, but I can't remember who the author was. Uh, but those are incredible. You, yeah. yeah, those are. I mean, those are <clears throat> incredible resources. That's that, the messenger, the message, and the community. Yes. Okay. Yeah, who you are, what you're delivering, and who you're delivering it to. Great. Um, well, and the the other thing, just to make it known to the listener, um, so so Daniel here, he's he's back in Oklahoma for a little bit, and he'll be going back to New York. But then uh, at the end of May, mm-hmm. you're going to be back in Oklahoma, and we're hopefully mm-hmm. uh, we're working with Daniel to see if we can get him into. Um, uh, teach Dan's Sunday school class. So yeah. if you're interested in in hearing this a uh, little bit more fleshed out, meeting Daniel, yeah. um, uh, come to First Press. Um, we'll get you more times and dates. We're hoping it's going to be on uh, Sunday, the the 29th of 29th, May, which yeah. is Memorial Day weekend. Mm. Um, but once we finalize that, we'll make that known to you guys, and uh, it'll be a good opportunity to yeah. to to get to know Daniel, listen yeah. to him a little bit more, and and hear these. Um, tools a little bit more fleshed out. Yeah, man. It'd be an honor. And just in a uh, kind of parting shots, is there anything uh, that you want our listeners to know about, you know, uh, maybe getting on your um, uh, newsletter with you and Allison and what you guys do in in New York City? Or uh, if there is anyone out there that that hears this and thinks that you're doing – awesome stuff and they they want to help support you yeah um uh, what what are some avenues that they can kind of figure out a little bit more of what what you guys are doing and support you either in prayer Mm -hmm. or with finances yeah we have a website called uh, nyc to the nations nyc to the nations Mm -hmm. and that kind of gives like a brief overview of who we are why we moved to new york um it has the ability to sign up to our newsletter um, that's probably the easiest way for anybody to go through, which is nystothenations.com. Sorry. Dot awesome. Com. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. And thanks for being here. Yeah. I know you didn't come to Oklahoma to talk to us, but thanks for taking some time to, mm-hmm. to chat yeah. with us. I and did come to you and talk to you. We were talking about <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, um, yeah, uh, I always love being around you and blessings to you and Allison and thanks so much uh, your family and in ministry in New York. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not to be here. It really is. Daniel, thanks so much. Yeah, great to meet you and great conversation. So, yeah, I enjoyed it too. Yeah, to yeah. all of our listeners out there, uh, we'll talk at you later. Yeah, peace. <laughs>